moments in life that you know are life-changing. And for me, one of them was being invited to speak on an international event that's happening September, which is National Suicide Prevention Month. That wasn't life-changing. What was life-changing was meeting one of my fellow speakers, Elena Perella. We live on two different sides of this planet, so the odds of us meeting are pretty slim. But when I met her, and when she started talking about our emotional inheritance, I knew this was someone who I wanted more than anything to bring on the show and to share this journey with you for how you can lose your emotional baggage. So without further ado, please help me welcome to the studio, Elena Perella. Elena. Hi. Burn on your camera. There you yes, are. I'm here. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. So let's let's chit chat for just a second. Where are you in the world today? I'm in Italy, in Sardinia. Wow. All right. What part of Italy is that? And I am geographically challenged. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's an island. It's an island. It's oh, an okay. island. Yeah. So, so not quite on the boot, just off the boot. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Elena, emotional baggage. I mean, mm -hmm. it's the joke. We all know that we have it. But what got you started into the realm of emotional baggage? Uh, yeah, it's, it's all about my personal experience, you know? Yes, because I am... Um, I was a very happy and active and uh, active child, but when I became 12, things began to change. I began to experience a deep sense of internal discomfort that led me to develop unhealthy behaviors and to go through destructive experiences. All so right. I developed I Dang. developed a binge eating disorder. I I was bullied at school. I began to smoke, and the worst thing was that. Uh, people made me believe that it was my fault. It was my choice. But was I really so stupid to choose to hurt myself? I mean, I don't think so. And nobody is so stupid to choose to hurt himself. So what you were being told, and, and I'm just, this is a really important piece. So what you're experiencing is a total change in behavior. You've gone from you know, being a normal kid to now being a kid on an obviously self-destructive path. And what you're being told is that it's your choice. Well, that seems obvious. You know, people choose to smoke. People, yeah, but I get it. I think I get it. What I don't know is what happened next for you. Because it does seem obvious. We tell, we tell people all the time, you know, just stop. Whatever it is, just stop. What happened? Well, it's not that easy hmm. uh, to, to just stop because we have no control over uh, our behavior. You know? I, I, at one point, I was 19 and my father died and it was his death, besides being very, very painful, mar marked a turning point in my life. I awoke. It was as if a veil was dropped from my eyes 
and I began to see things as they really are. And I began to see the real intentions behind people's behavior, for example, toxic dynamics in families, my family. And I understood that my unhealthy behaviors and destructive experiences were a manifestation of my family's toxic emotional inheritance reinforced by societal toxic conditioning. And that's, oh that, that's, a, that's a big statement. You said emotional inheritance from your family yeah. reinforced by toxic cultural conditioning? Absolutely, yeah. All right, what is toxic cultural conditioning? Because I know we're gonna unpack emotional inheritance, mm -hmm. but what is toxic cultural conditioning? For example, talking about uh, the relationship with foods and how are your, are you look like your body, you know, we are bombarded when now it is changing, but before, well, to be beautiful, you had to be skinny, thin, you know, it was a standard. Mm -hmm. And because I had those toxic conditionings that led me to develop eating disorders, those cultural toxic conditionings reinforced my unhealthy behaviors. So what was your moment that you realized, okay, you said your father died and yeah. you could see the dynamics mm -hmm. in your family yes. and around you. Who did you tell? Who did you share this? Oh, wait a minute. Things are not the way I thought they were moment with. Nobody. <laughs> I just knew it. I just knew it. Yeah. I just knew it. And from that moment on, from when I was 19, I made the conscious choice to free myself from all those toxic elements. Those inherited toxic elements. So I love the fact that you made a choice that you made it at that moment when you could see it, then you had a choice. Until you could see it, you didn't. No, no, because I didn't know. Well, first of all, I thought that it was my fault, my choice, because mm. they said, yeah, it's you who, who grab a cigarette or food, you know? Uh, but, but, well, it, I weren't. I wasn't, I'm sorry, I wasn't choosing consciously for that. There was something inside of me that forced me to choose to make those unhealthy choices because toxic conditionings force you to make those choices. This is why it is difficult to change. Got it. So toxic conditioning removes choice. It, yes. it, it removes awareness of other choices. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, got it. Okay. Well, that makes sense. So when you were 19, you gained awareness about that there were other choices, that there were other ways to see the world. When it comes to not everybody is going to, and I hope no one does, I hope no one has to wait until they lose a parent to have an awareness. Yeah. What's another thing that someone could do that would help them open up to the choices they have or to the conditioning they've got? Um, I think observing yourself, observing yourself and your behavior uh, and ask yourself, is it me or is it coming from some family member? And then you can start becoming aware of that. 
is this me or is this some family member? And mm -hmm. even though you do not identify the family member who this behavior belongs to, if it is making you feeling miserable, dissatisfied, unhappy, if you are becoming ill because of that, it means that it's inherited. It, is, it means that it is toxic and in a toxic inheritance. Got it. And so it's not about calling out a family member and blaming them. It's no. simply about acknowledging. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Acknowledging that there's more in play here than, than your own self-volition, your own self-will. Of course, you can say that it's kind of blaming because it's not your fault. They passed it on to you. But this doesn't, this doesn't mean that you are not respecting your parents, yeah. grandparents, etc. It, it's, it, it's not your fault you know, and it's not their fault. Their what fault. I'm yeah, because then if you acknowledge that, then you will understand that it wasn't their fault. And this makes it easier to make peace with them because many, many of us are very angry at their parents. <laughs> you know? hey, and um, they, many people are very angry. You know, there are jokes and movies and a whole industry built on parent tapes. You know, it's what back in the day of cassette tapes. Yeah, we, we were taught that we got these tapes from our parents. And, and again, they say, don't blame your, you know, you, because it's not their fault. But there was a scene in the movie Pretty Woman where the guy says, and I was very angry at my father. And it took $10,000 worth of therapy for me to be able to say, and I was very angry at my father. And I say it very well, don't I? I mean, <laughs> it was a great scene. Yeah. Yeah. We, we are taught not, we're taught that it's wrong to be angry at them. And yet we're angry because it just doesn't seem fair. And it, it is not fair, it's normal to be angry at your parents because it means that they didn't do enough to protect you because they didn't know it, they didn't know how. If they knew it, they weren't ready to do it because they weren't awakened. Um, and there are also some parents who unfortunately do it on purpose to hurt their children. You know, but those are parents who have gone beyond the turning point. Extreme cases. I didn't catch the last sentence and I'm sorry. Would you say oh, it again? Yeah, that there are also parents who kind of hurt their children on purpose. But those are extreme cases of people who have gone beyond the turning point. Got it. People who've gone beyond the turning point. And that's a place for intervention. So I'm going to pause there and just say that if you or someone you know is experiencing pain that people are inflicting on you on purpose, break the silence today. Tell someone today. Report it today. It's the extreme of bullying. And report every time. The majority of the world, thank God, is not experiencing behavior beyond that turning point, beyond where intervention is the best and only option and every option, every day intervention. For the rest of the world, Elena, 
Uh, great. Now I have this awareness that I have toxic conditioning and, and, and emotional inheritance. I've got emotional baggage. So what? So does everybody. Now what? Now it's time to change. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Now there's a word. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, there are change management specialists because we hate to change. It's a whole industry. Yeah. You know, yeah. Why do we hate to change when things are so uncomfortable anyway? Because we feel familiar with where, mm. you, where we are. It's so familiar. It's the way we are used to. We don't know what happens if we change. And we prefer to stay where we are. Even though this makes us and our children suffer and contribute to create an unhealthy world for future generations. We, we are frozen inside. Wow, you just said a lot. Our willingness to continue to tolerate things that are uncomfortable emotionally contributes to the unhappiness of the world? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Because we, you know, we think that we are kind of islands. But we are not. We are all connected to each other. I mean, it's, for me, it is obvious. I see it clearly. And if we understand this, that we have a social responsibility next to an individual responsibility, then perhaps we can stretch our minds, open our hearts and think, okay, perhaps I can do something. A little, a small step today, another one tomorrow, not big things just reflecting, observing, and then try to understand how you can detoxify yourself from those elements. It's for you first, because you, we all deserve to live a happy life, satisfied in a harmonious synergy with ourselves. So it's something that you do for yourself first, and then it will be contagious. You, you said a mouthful there, and there are so many times that I wish I hadn't had the perspective because while ultimately we do it for ourselves, sometimes doing something for myself can end up pretty low on my to-do list. Mm -hmm. Understanding that it impacts the world, not just the, it impacts the people around me and it impacts the world. That gives it a little bit higher ranking on my list than if it was just because it would be good for me. And it's a shame, but this was the culture I come from where you put other people first. It's an outwardly focused culture that I was raised in. And it's only lately in my life that I've been able to say I've pretty much put myself in the center of my life. Now I can do things for me first and then, no, I have, I can give to the world. But it wasn't always that way. For someone who's stuck and struggling where I was, where doing something for me was not the highest priority, how would they get started? You can, for example, as I said, observe yourself. And if you understand that that's, Toxic habit, tendency, belief is 
Well, if you if you um, identify that, once you identify that toxic belief, tendency, or behavior, guide yourself in understanding what is healthy, what is right, what gives you balance, and take the step, do it. So becoming sensitive to what's not working. Yes. So aware of where in our life we would like for things to be better, where we're looking, where we would like for things to be different. Um, It's a level of discernment, really, about what do I prefer? Do I prefer this or do I want something other than this? If someone's disconnected from themselves, Elena, they're not sure what their preferences are. They haven't developed discernment yet. Maybe they can't even see themselves to be able to observe themselves. What's one way that they can start to be able to see themselves again? Well, if you want to see yourself, you can, I mean, if, if you can look inward, you mean this. Yeah, how? Because it's, it's easy to say, look inward. But my eyeballs didn't turn that direction. I read so many self-help books that said what to do and never showed me how to get started doing it. What would be one way that if you were working with someone, how would you guide them to even get started? For example, when you catch yourself, oh no, when you feel the impulse to overeat, um, abuse alcohol, uh, smoking, being rude, just pause, pause, take a deep breath, and then breathe out slowly. You will breathe the impulse out. So when you're aware of an impulse to do something that's not in alignment with what you prefer to have in your life. Yeah. Just stop okay. and breathe. Well, I'm a firm believer in taking deep, slow breaths. Mm-hmm. It is a life-changing skill, as simple as that sounds. The power of being able to pause. My, my own pause button did not get developed until I was on the high side of 60. Up until then, I was categorized as a sort of ready, fire, oh, aim. For me, I would love to be able to pass on something, you know, a shorter journey to everyone else. And that's one of the reasons why I was like, oh, yeah, please come on the show. Let's have a conversation about how to even say, Pause? What's pause? Yeah. Taking a deep, slow breath is a practice that might actually help people be able to pause is sort of what I'm getting. Yes. Yes. When we stop and we take a deep breath and you're saying we can just breathe out the impulse. And I love that analogy so that when we breathe out the impulse, this takes a little bit of awareness. Okay. I'm thinking about having chocolate. Before the chocolate, before the hands in the bag, mm-hmm. yeah. pause, breathe out. 
maybe chocolate later, maybe chocolate never, maybe chocolate now, but but it gives it where it's not the automatic. Exactly. Yeah. And, And you have to repeat this until you feel calm. Because if you don't feel calm after you after you have breathing, then you go and you grab the chocolate, you know, so it doesn't help. Got it. So so yeah. the point of the deep breathing is mm-hmm. to bring your plate, your to quiet yourself, to bring yourself to Absolutely. a place of being calm. Because yes. yes. then you can make a choice yes. rather than act on an impulse. Mm-hmm. Got it. Cool. Oh, I love that. That was elegantly simple. Elegantly simple. So when you were on this journey and you're 19, you're building the awareness, what was the journey like before you were able to go, my environment's pretty clean. I'm no longer living in a toxic environment. What was that journey like? It was very, for me, it was very painful, very, very, very hard to to experience because I did it myself. I was alone in this. Um, and so I had, once I became aware, once, well, once I awoke, I, was, I went on a journey of 10, and, uh, 10 20, 20 years, <laughs> more or less, of um, internal cleansing. And I, after, right uh, when my father died, the binge eating disorder turned into bulimia nervosa. And it was one and a half year after my father died, I moved. Okay, to, so some, something, in there, something in there I missed. So I'm sorry. Right after your father died, the binge eating became what? Bulimia nervosa. Bulimia nervosa. Bulimia, yes, another eating disorder. Okay, so so it went from bad to worse. Well, they were both <laughs> they were, bad, they were, and probably bulimia is worse than the binge eating. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Okay, and and so then you said it took another year and a half, and then what happened? I realized that I couldn't stay here uh, where I'm living now um, because our family fell apart and my mother couldn't uh, take care she never did unfortunately of anything she didn't even take care of herself uh, so I was kind of alone with myself with uh, my father who was uh, who died uh, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who I was, what I wanted in life. I, I was suffering from bulimia. I was completely confused. I woke, was confused. And after a year and a half, the possibility came to move abroad to the Netherlands. And I didn't think about it. <laughs> I just- You were out of there. Vaccine, <laughs> yes. A baggage full of clothes, but also fears, insecurity. I didn't know that there was also courage and determination. I would know it later. <laughs> and uh, and I, I, I went. Yes, it was jumping in the darkness, but uh, it, I saved my life by taking that decision. Wow, you just said a yeah. lot, and it was beautifully laid out. You had the opportunity to, to, to leave what you were aware was a toxic environment. 
and you took it and you packed your clothes and along with you, you also took your fears and insecurities and your courage and determination. But those are not the things that we see when we open a suitcase. No. <laughs> we only see the clothes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you arrived in the Netherlands and you unpacked and you had brought it all with you. Yeah. Yeah. And from that moment on, I went on this internal journey of detoxifying myself from all the toxic elements that I had inherited from my parents and family. And so I challenged myself to do what I really wanted because at that point I knew it. Okay, and so you challenged yourself to do what you really wanted. Mm -hmm. And I love what you just said because at that point you knew it. This is one of the biggest challenges that people have is not knowing what they want. Yeah. You know, that's really, really important. So I would just say, okay, everybody, I'm going to challenge you to get to know what you want. Mm -hmm. You can't go after something if you don't know what it is. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's a huge, huge awareness is simply that you need to know, or it's important to know, or once you start being willing to take some deep breaths and calm down, you might actually get in touch with exactly. what you really want. Yes, absolutely. Because by doing that, detoxifying from those elements step by step, you make room for who you are to shine. Know, it, and, and everything becomes clear because you, beca you begin to understand what you want, who you are, uh, what is your potential, all those beautiful things that everybody of us has inside. So the journey to is really a journey to discovering who you are without all of the emotional baggage. Yeah, and, and let's face it, emotional baggage has a bad rap. It's just a neutral term. As you said, in your suitcase, it was fear and insecurity, but it was also courage and determination. So emotional baggage is not necessarily negative. No. But if you didn't know you had courage and determination in your suitcase, it wouldn't do you any good. So it's a good idea to know what's in your baggage. It is, but at the time I didn't know. I, I understood it later, little by little. By The more I knew myself, the more I understood that that probably was courage. The other one was determination because no matter the toxic fears that I inherited, the toxic beliefs, because my parents made me believe that I was a failure as a person, that I couldn't achieve anything good in life that I always needed others to be dependent on others to do something. So I had that inside and, I, and it was very painful. But in the Netherlands, I thought, no, because I was aware, let's go through these fears, through these insecurities. I want them out of myself. That makes sense. Okay, so what was the first step in taking them out of yourself? I decided to, to, to study Dutch. It was in a group, and I was so scared to join a group because I, I went to the Netherlands that I didn't speak Dutch, I didn't speak English, 
I spoke Italian, that's it. And for three months, I didn't dare to go outside and challenge myself. I went to the supermarket, to the grocery, to the bakery, but I always pointed what I wanted to buy, you know, because I was so scared. And uh, to use my, uh, yeah, broken English, because I, I knew only a few sentences. And then after, after three months, I thought, okay, perhaps it's better if I learn the language. And so I joined the course. And even if I was scared, depressed, because I suffered from, from depression too, I, I went every day, day after day, and I completed the course that I spoke the language. Okay, I'm just, I have to back this up. Mm -hmm. You lived for three months in a country where you didn't speak the language? Yes, the first three months I wow. communicate. Okay, that's that in and of itself is amazing. And granted, I can, it can cut both ways because I can hear the hesitation and the the challenge, the insecurity that prevented you from challenging yourself to learn the language. But on the other hand, holy crap, what a testimony to fortitude to be able to be in an environment where you can't communicate with other people. Um, certainly, it would give you some space to be able to hear your own thoughts because you wouldn't be bombarded with other people's thinking. Absolutely. <laughs> So I can see good and bad and stuff, but I'm going, whoa, <laughs> could I handle three months with only being able to talk to myself? Yeah, what? Okay, so this is really interesting that you were willing to give yourself that space before you took the course. What a gift you gave to yourself and to us. Thank you. Yes. And then from that moment on, I just continued to, to challenge myself. All right, so learning a new language as an adult is a challenge. Yeah. What was your next challenge? Yeah, uh, attend uh, college, university. Yeah, because I found that there in the Netherlands, there was exactly the, the study that I, uh, I could give shape to my passion. I had a passion for Latin America, and there I could do it because they had such a, a, a course. And so I applied. I failed the first time because I was suffering from depression and I couldn't handle all that. It was too much. But then after, I think, a year or two, I applied again. I was admitted and I did it. So that was a big challenge because I was actually making one of my dreams concrete. Yeah, that's a wonderful thing, Elena. Yeah. I, I, I just was wondering about what it took for you to give yourself permission to dream. That's a good question. I, I don't know, there was something inside of me that from the moment that I awoke, pushed me 
to to follow my path, to discover my path, you know? And ju I just went on and on, further and further and further without stopping. It was so powerful. It is so powerful. That it's, you know, we have an internal GPS. Because mm -hmm. People call it soul, you can call it intuition. It was that thing that pushed me to go forward no matter what. No matter those toxic fears, uh, toxic beliefs, toxic tendencies, just go. And yeah. Cool. That's amazing. That I mean, Elena, you were on such an amazing journey um, that I really want to be clear that everyone can go on this journey. That it is not reserved for people who are from Italy or from people who get opportunities to go to the Netherlands, or for people who, you know, but maybe it is reserved for the people who are willing to find out what they really want and take even a small step towards it. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. I mean, um, everybody, of course, everybody could go on this journey, but something must happen inside of you, whether it is uh, the willingness to take a small step today, whether it is the, you know, there is another big thing that prevents people from go on this discovery journey, and it's that they don't want to question what has been taught to them. And, and this is a big obstacle because I did it, I had to do it. I had to question everything that was taught to me at school, by my parents, family, community, because I wanted to know, is this true? Does it match with reality? Does it make sense? And lots of thing, things didn't. So I had to discard the things of the old that didn't match with reality and embrace the, the things that did match. So that's really interesting this willingness to observe reality, you know, um, and to, to, to observe what's real without the emotional layering of meaning. And then to compare, you know, what you've been believing, what you've been living with what's actually happening. Um, it's an interesting place to be because I'm going, oh yeah, you know, that's one of the ways to prevent a panic attack is to just go, is this happening now? It's the cure for chronic worry. Is this happening now? It's a variation on what you just said that, is it true? And is it what I want? Does it match what I want? But first, is it true? Does the truth match what I want? I love that. Because you're right. I think that the ability to go from Italy to the Netherlands, the ability to leave where you are and land somewhere else where you don't know the language, where it's going to be new, you're not going to know the people around you. I think that ability belongs to everyone if they're willing to pause and ask the question about reality. There was a great commercial in America many, 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 many years ago, and it was about cassette tapes, which tells you how long ago it was. And the, the, the question was, is it 
real or is it Memorex? Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what came to my mind when you were talking. It's like, is this true or is this what I was told? So sorting that out is what you mean by disinheriting the, the emotional, but the toxic emotional inheritance is, is going, is this true or is it what I was yes. told? Did I get it? Yes, it is. And, and not limit yourself to one source. For example, I invite and encourage people to read but not limited to only one source or the source that you prefer, you know? Just read several sources and listen to several um, voices. Also those that you don't like, because there might be something that does resonate within you. And then something might happen in you and you say, oh yes, that's it. Oh, I like reading people I disagree with. It's where some of my best articles have come from is, is this, oh, no, that doesn't resonate with me. This is what's true. And then I can sit down and write like crazy. <laughs> so there's a lot of value in what you just said. You know, look for the contrast. Look for the people that you don't agree with and listen to what they say. You, maybe yeah. you, you'll get more creative that way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really, really cool. All right. So. When last we were speaking to our hero, Elena, you were in the Netherlands. Now you're back in Italy. How did that happen? (laughs) It happened because after this major internal work I did, I felt, well, actually, I always felt the connection with this island, the energy that is here. And uh, something was asking me to go back. There were two, th- two things. One was good, and the other one was not. And um, I, one year before I came back, I began a relationship with someone who was living here. We met four years before, but we were uh, both engaged at that time. We were uh, friends since childhood. They invited us to eat there when I was here on vacation. But something happened between us, so there was a connection. And then I came back at the end of 2008, and actually this dream that I was having shortly turned out to be a nightmare. And I guess, well, it was my worst nightmare because this guy was a psychopath, a narcissist, psychopath, and sociopath. And I was programmed to experience that relationship, to go into that relationship, because in my family there is this history of domestic violence. So for 10 and a half years, I was in this uh, toxic relationship, lots of abuse, psychological, emotional, verbal. I was reduced as a human, human larva or ground zero. And yeah, I fortunately understood, knew where it was coming from. And so I look inside and thought, okay, I want to get rid of these toxic elements. I don't want to repeat my mother, my grandfather and grandmother history. No, no. I was repeating it, of course, but I knew that I could then break the chain 
to not perpetuate it you know, in the future. And so I did lots of internal work to detoxify, to de deprogram myself, to detoxify myself from those elements. Were you able to do that work inside the relationship? Or did you have to leave the relationship to be able to do that work? No, inside the relationship. It was impossible to leave because I tried three times, but I, every time I allowed him back. Why? Because I wasn't ready. I wasn't completely free. And there was every time another toxic element that brought him into my life. I wasn't stupid. Nobody's stupid to make these choices, you know? And once I finished, I detoxified myself from the last toxic element. It was he who let me. It was amazing to see, to witness this, you know? I didn't have to do any effort. That's quite an amazing outcome that by working on yourself, not trying to change him, but by working on yourself, he changed and walked away. What little I know of that dynamic, you know, he couldn't get his emotional need met from you anymore. Yes. So yeah. there was no reason for him to stay. Yeah. And that's such a sane way of having that dynamic resolve because what we know, at least in America, is that there's this whole escalation process that can happen in those relationships so that the most dangerous moment is the moment someone actually gets the nerve to leave. Because by then, the reaction to that, what they call the extinction burst, could be so extreme that it ends up being lethal, that someone ends up dying. Yeah. And so your solution to continue to work on yourself rather than trying to change them seems to have worked. But I can only imagine it wasn't so easy. No. What was your worst day? What was your worst moment on this journey? I don't know. I think that every day was equal, worse. It was a hell, really. Really, there was no better day than the other, no good day, nothing. I mean, I did try to help him because next to this inheritance, to this painful toxic inheritance, there was also love. So I extended my will to try to help him, but he was already gone since he was born, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So there's a question in the chat yeah. about what exactly did you do and how did you work on yourself? And I know that your journey started with just pausing, giving yourself permission to pause and to see what's true and what's not true. You know, what's true and the difference between what was true and what you've been told. I'd love for you to answer her question a little more fully and be mindful because we have something we want to share with them that you have been just so amazingly uh, willing to give. So please. Yes. I healed my emotional wounds, my so, inner child. She's asking. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to translate the question. The question is not, what did you do? Heal your okay. emotional wounds and, and, and your inner child. But what are the steps? How? 
Okay. How did you, if you could give three or four simple things that you did that are tangible things, yes. that I think is what she's asking. Yeah. One thing was, uh, I just put a hand on my heart and said, I visualized myself as a sweet, innocent child. And I talked to, to her and I said, forgive me if I wasn't there for you before. Forgive me if I wasn't there for you before. And it sounds simple, but this is so powerful because it heals the wounds of you when you were a child, your emotional wounds. So powerful. Thank you. That is an amazingly, simply elegant way that anyone can start. So the steps were put a hand on your heart, visualize yourself as a young child, mm -hmm. and ask your child self, say to them, not even ask, just say, mm -hmm. forgive me if I wasn't there for you. Yes, absolutely. That's Wonderful, Elena. Thank you. That and, and please You're put right in the chat. That that for me was a very simple, doable, and it's um, yeah, doable. I like simple and obvious and easy. Yeah. Yeah, I like <laughs> things that are simple and easy. Um, what I'd like to do is share um, because when you said you wanted to offer this, I was like, "Are you sure?" Your time is so incredibly valuable, Elena. So to make this offer of having 45 minutes of your time and walking through what might be true for someone else as a place to get started, this is just awesome. So that is in the, in the chat and it's in the show notes. So someone watching the recording later will also have access to it. It's a little unusual. I don't usually allow um, my speakers to be so generous with their time. <laughs> I try to protect my speakers because I know how quickly a schedule can fill up. So I appreciate your willingness to put some restrictions around how many hours a week you're willing to devote you know, to this. Um, it made me feel a lot safer with you know, giving access to your schedule to so many people. But there it is, take advantage of it. If you can't find something right away, just know there will be more time opening up. So Elena, thank you for sharing your journey. Now I have one more question. What's been your best day on this journey? What's been the best moment? moment there are so many but the best moment is when I was completely free from this toxic inheritance that I completely evolved in a new human being into a new human being so the sense of yourself as new yeah new, without yeah. baggage without, without the baggage Oh, I love that yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. fantastic because 
you are at peace. Finally, I can breathe. You know, uh, even in difficult moments, I can go through those difficult moments serenely. I, I really enjoy my life from the deepest of my heart. I coexist with others. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's a totally different experience. Yeah. Well, there we go. Life without heavy emotional baggage. Because yeah. you still have your courage, Elena. Yeah. And you still have your determination. <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's a discernment. It's a, it's a little tiny thing, mm -hmm. but it is, it is what life is like when you're not carrying the heavy weight. Yes, it is. Elena, thank you so very much for coming on the show and sharing your journey with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure to speak to all of you.